Hey everybody, this is Ed from the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, and we're here with another Whiskey Short. I'm here with Scott. Hey everybody. And we have a couple guests here today, Anders. Yo. And Gabe. Hello. And we're going to do one of our world famous quick tastes. Very excited, Scott. Yeah, well, so for the third Whiskey Short quick taste in a row, we're having another solicited quick taste, and this one <gasps> is Legiant. Whiskey Short. Someone from the marketing team for Beam Centauri, her name was Gabby, reached out to us and mm-hmm. asked to uh, try Legion and feature it on our podcast. And of course, we said, hell yes. Yeah. And Gabby put us in touch with Adam Harris, the senior brand ambassador with Beam Centauri. And we're going to be talking to Adam later. And then they sent two bottles. Yeah. What's really great is we're a big fan of that distillery. And yet it is a product that we never tried. Yeah, that's true. We had seen it on the shelves. And it's, it's the first new whiskey they've put out since the 90s. Oh, is it? Yeah. So that's another exciting Damn. thing. Yeah. And cool. we, you know, we've been been very outspoken about how impressed we were from the small batch collection from mm. 92, which we went through it again, Booker's, Baker's, Knob Creek, Basil right, Hayden, right. and the things they've done with Little Book 3, and we did a Japanese episode with Suntory Toki that Andres was with us, and so to have them reach out to us was really a great honor, and to have a product that we've never tried. It's been on our list, but hell, we just did Baker's. Right. We're only 20 years behind the right, time. We're, only 20, <laughs> we're still 20 years behind on Baker's. Yeah, so I have uh, just three paragraphs of information about this whiskey, all from their website. And then we're going to taste it. And then Ed's going to give us a little bit more details about what the company might not want you to know about it. No, actually, it's just details. I don't know why that is. I'm like, really? Because I don't have any no. smoking gun like that no. at all. I I no, it's, just, it's an interesting story, though. Yeah. Um, so uh, they bill it as the creation of a new style of whiskey. Steeped in over 200 years of bourbon-making heritage and nearly 100 years of Japanese artistry, Legion is forged in collaboration by two of the world's most revered whiskey makers. Beam Master Distiller Fred Knows Life has always revolved around the whiskey distillery, looking for new challenges, and Legion was a chance to do something that nobody's ever done before, create a unique bourbon by combining his distilling experience with the craft of Japanese blending, specifically that of Shinji Fukuyo, who, as Suntory's chief blender, has traveled the world over, from Japan to Scotland to Kentucky, learning, studying, and perfecting the art of blending whiskey. Bourbon isn't a spirit that's blended routinely, and Shinji wanted to honor Fred's family heritage. After years of tasting, testing, and refining the recipe with Fred, Legion was born. It starts out like a traditional bourbon, with premium grains of corn, rye, and malted barley in time-honored recipe created by Fred's family. Every drop crafted with calcium-rich, iron-free limestone water and aged for at least four years in select, newly charred white oak barrels. Ooh. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Imbuing the flavors of caramel, oak, and vanilla. Right, traditional. Yeah. And then... Things get interesting. Some of the spirit is then finished in ex-sherry casks to impart layers of spice and dried fruit, and another portion is aged in ex-red wine casks, which lends a light tartness and acidity to offset the sweeter notes. And that's when Shinji takes over, meticulously blending the two wine-finished bourbons with more of the original spirit to create a perfectly balanced and rounded whiskey that's also complex and layered. On your palate, it starts out like a bourbon, rich, warm, Okay. <laughs> but then, like a Japanese whiskey, its bright and smooth complexity builds to an unexpectedly long finish. Legion is a landscape-changing whiskey, taking what you expect from a Kentucky straight bourbon and expanding it into a world of new ideas and possibilities. So whether you're being served Legion by your favorite bartender, looking at you, honors. Hey there. <laughs> or you're pouring it for friends at home, looking at you, Gabe. Yep. <laughs> this unique bourbon's distinct flavor profile comes to life when the first drop hits the glass. 
Fred, no, he mentioned that the word blending was a dreaded term when he was growing up. Absolutely. Uh, because back then it meant you're taking some type of gray neutral spirit, mixing it with some uh, artificial colors. Mm-hmm. And so he's had to like turn his mind around on that because blending now is different. And we've talked about it. I mean, High West and Jefferson and We just Blood did Oak. the short of uh, the fistful of bourbon. Fistful yeah. of bourbon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's interesting that they would keep some of the spirit unfinished. Yeah. It? Yeah. And he got what the sherry and the red wine. Yeah. And um, was it uh, Fukuyo? Fukuyo. After he gets all the whiskeys together, he puts them in a giant tank, whatever the mixture is he feels is the proper blend. Mm-hmm. I see. And that kind of integrates the flavors even more dramatically. I'll tell you what, the nose on this stuff is amazing. After what Scott was just describing, I got like 12 different smells. Burnt sugar, wow. apricot, yeah. dried yeah. fruits, corn, like leather, the- spice, orange, orange zest. Wow. Wow, yeah, Dave, you're getting really a lot from this. You're, you're- I, I've been sniffing like a Man, mofo. Jesus. You got the whiskey Sathoris open. <laughs> One of the more pleasing on the nose of whiskeys I've ever really smelled. A lot of times I just get fire in yeah. like vanilla. Yeah, yeah. Anders, what do you think? No, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely get the dark fruit. It's pretty jammy. I get like an orange peel in there as well mm-hmm. it wow. smells super dirty the whiskey jug says on the nose oak strawberry necco wafers oh. spice roasted peanuts bits of vanilla fresh biscuits and green apples hmm. necco wafer that's a that's <laughs> an obscure <laughs> reference uh, yeah. first of all necco wafers were created in like the 1840s before the civil war yeah while you're in the civil war you're eating necco wafers while you're getting shot at gettysburg that's how old <laughs> that candy is and you can still get it today they're basically like a rollades with the flavor to them. <laughs> <laughs> actually rollades have a lot more oh, flavor man. <laughs> and i eat them a lot more than neckos and lots of calcium <laughs> oh yeah it's like the one house at halloween like you know the old lady lives there <laughs> oh hi kids I got some Nico wafers and some <laughs> bit of honey. Here's your tropical fruit rollades. Oh kids. my god! <laughs> Can you imagine like one of those Civil War letters written with like, yeah. "Oh my darling Annabelle, it has been nearly two fortnights since I've seen you, but fortunately I have been able to sustain myself over these Neko wafers." <laughs> thank, that yeah, right, thank mother for the Neko wafers. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so let's taste it. Yeah, now. yeah we yeah, kept also- everybody on the edge of their seats. <laughs> right, with a Neko yeah. wafers tangent. So sweet initially, and then, and then I get peanuts wow. and oak. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It, it changes right in mid-sip. It's crazy. Like, the sweetness is all in the beginning, and then- The heat comes at the you. The heat comes at you, and it ends not sweet, really. Yeah. There's a little spice. After it's gone, mm-hmm. my tongue feels spicy. Yeah, mm. it's holding the heat after the swallow. It's, yeah, uh, so we didn't mention the proof. The proof is 94. Right, um, and so I'm going to mind that I've had on the rocks for about four minutes. Okay, on the water, I definitely taste the green apples more now. Oh, really? It actually has improved the finish. I didn't initially like the finish that much neat, but now I feel like it's opened up and the finish has a little bit more substance to it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely getting more fruit with the proof down version. It's It's a lot sweeter initially. Um, Whiskey jugs, palate, oak char, peanuts, Mm -hmm. dark fruity candy sweetness, Mm -hmm. wine sweetness. Caramel, candy corn, nuts, and touches of roasted corn and spice. Yeah, I mean, we're all right there. That, yeah. th- that yeah. we agree with. Yeah, the nose we weren't really uh, on board with, but right. the palate is perfect. It's interesting how light it is. Like, that's where I think that Japanese whiskey influence comes mm-hmm. in. Because those dark fruit notes, it's really jammy up front, both mm-hmm. on the nose and on the palate. You kind of expect it to be, like, heavier and, like, a slower It's true. It, it lightens finish. at the very end. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Mm. And, I mean, I don't know how this would be in a cocktail. That would be interesting. It's certainly price point where you could mix it if you wanted to. Yeah. Honors, where would you use this? Well, I said, go make a cocktail with this. Okay. Well, and I may actually say that one day. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe today. Maybe. Do it now. <laughs> 
Um, I think this would really work with something that plays in more to the lightness and like the fruit forward thing. I wouldn't do like a scofflaw or anything like that. Right. I feel like right. that's a little sweet. too jammy and it'll cover it up. Yeah. Um, I'd say kind of like a twist on a Manhattan, like a red hook, or you add a little bit of maraschino liqueur just mm-hmm. to kind of bring out some of those fruit notes. I think it'd be interesting to see how it contrasts with like the peanut, but that, yeah. that'd be the direction that I'd probably want to go with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, Ed, give us some details on the overview that I gave that was just on their website. Well, I think what's interesting is the first time I heard that Jim Beam had been bought by a Japanese company was now Bean Suntory. I'm like, ah, I don't know, I just didn't like that. I'm like, what does Japan know about whiskey coming over here and buying our whiskey company that has a hundred year history? And the reality is that was an ignorant statement because Japan's been making whiskey since the 30s. Yeah. And of course, I'm much more educated now. And yes. um, what I like about it is that the Suntory Master Blender, Shinji Fukuyo, the fifth master blender they've had. Yeah. And Jim Beam's master still were Fred Note, the seventh in a row from his family. So they didn't really care about the, you know, the corporate side of it. These guys are whiskey makers. Mm-hmm. They looked at it as craftsmen. They said, let's get together and make a product. Let's use the resources. I have you, you have me. Instead of being separate and acting like we don't exist, let's exist. In fact, you think about it and it's like, what took them so long? Yeah. Been like five or six years, right? Well, it probably took them that long to get comfortable with the idea of working together, you know, five or six years. There's a lot going on with the merger. So, yeah. Plus, they had to barrel the whiskey that they wanted to use, right? Yeah. Oh, that's also true. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But this is their regular mash bill of stuff that's 77% corn, 13% rye, and 10% malted barley. They have that laying around. So, yeah. they don't really have to wait for it to age. It says after years of tinkering, they landed on a final blend, mostly straight bourbon, aged at least four years with, once again, we said the red wine, cast finished bourbon as a secondary component, and the sherry cast finished bourbon as the small amount okay wait do they give it an actual percentage they do not okay hmm. so that is the way they broke down the ratios so yeah. when we get somebody on the horn pretty soon from beam suntory we're going to ask them a few questions where the name come from because I, I don't know what legion means no i want some answers damn it yeah. get no on the phone right now <laughs> and what about the red wine like which right. red which wine? red wine yeah. isn't why is that and also red red wine god damn it i was about to say Well, I'll wait for the crickets to stop. (laughs) Okay. So I think at this point, we should uh, take a break, set up our Zoom call with the Jim Beam senior brand ambassador, Adam Harris, and uh, talk to him for a bit. Well, all right. Let's definitely do that. Be right back. Okay, so we're on with Adam Harris, Senior Beam Brand Ambassador. Adam, welcome to the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Thanks for coming on. We're really excited to be featuring Legion and also to talk to you, a representative of Beam Suntory, because we're huge fans of your products. Thanks. Okay, so Scott, uh, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So uh, first of all, we're curious about how you become a brand ambassador. Like, what's your background? And specifically, how did you become the Senior Brand Ambassador for Jim Beam? Yeah. So um, I've been working for the distillery for just over 14 years now. And prior to that, 
I had done the better part of a decade working behind bars in New York City, where I had just a real love for bourbon and was able to sort of share that love and uh, incubate my own knowledge base on bourbon as the category started to grow. And this was in the very infancy of the Renaissance, right? And so the the bourbons, and I worked at a nice bar, a nice, nice cocktail bar attached to a steakhouse down in Tribeca. And we had a lot of whiskeys. We had a lot of scotch. We had a lot of Irish. We had a lot of good Canadian. And then the bourbons, you know, obviously Maker's Mark, Knob Creek, Basil Hayden, maybe a little Booker's Bakers. So the small batch was covered and it went from Jack Daniels to those premium bourbons. So I had the chance to kind of cut my teeth on those bourbons and experiencing and exploring profiles and histories and things like that. And then more and more bottles started showing up. Woodford showed up and Bullet showed up and just gave me the opportunity to get to know more about the bourbon category. And I started eventually educating the staff. I would do like little Thursday sessions where they would come to the bar and I would talk about the bourbons. My reputation got around where many Mark was looking for an ambassador. And so they asked me if I would work for them in uh, New York City. And it took me all of two seconds to say yes. And then uh, I did that. I worked for our fantastic distillery in Loretto exclusively for the better part of six years. And now in the last seven, eight, I've worked representing all of our American whiskey. And now I represent pretty exclusively all the great stuff that comes out of Claremont, which is home to Legion Bourbon. So I'd love to tell you that it was my degree in environmental science that led me to be a brand ambassador. But that had nothing to do with it. It was really kind of right place, right time, talking about the right stuff and enjoying the right stuff with the right people. We definitely cut our teeth on the small batch releases from Booker No. We've talked about it many times on the podcast. And um, you used the term renaissance. We also feel that bourbons and ryes are just now getting back to the level of production and variety that they had before Prohibition. Anytime to be a bourbon drinker or a bourbon maker, yeah. There's a nice symmetry going on in our history, too, where I think when you look before Prohibition, bourbon and rye were pretty equal in popularity. Then after Prohibition ended, I think you saw the surge in bourbon appreciation, and that was really the first golden era of bourbon, really the 50s and then eventually started that downward slope you know you saw the bourbon industry really kind of kick the can by the 70s 80s and i think that now you know brighter days are, are with us and certainly ahead of us but i think it's also quite nice that you noticed about five years ago or so as this bourbon thing really got popular that you started to see rye becoming popular again but i think it's only kind of right you know that bourbon would have gotten its popularity on the coattails of rye you know 100 plus something years ago and now for rye to kind of be having its resurgence on the coattails of bourbon i have no qualm with sharing the spotlight with another american great whiskey yeah absolutely so let's talk about why we're here legion First of all, where did the name come from? Yeah. So Legion, yeah, the name. It's an interesting name, right? You can't look it up in the dictionary. It's a word that never existed. Um, what it came from was people sitting in a room talking about this product, talking about the people behind it. Shinji Fukuyo, who's a legend in his right, and uh, Fred No, a living legend in his right. You know, this project started happening shortly after Beam Suntory became a thing. So you start looking at our cultures coming together. You look at an allegiance that we have between our Centurion home and then our Beam family here and the alliances that are formed. Uh, all good alliances, not like survivor alliances or anything, but like I think that kicking around those three big words in a nebulous sort of space, um, Legend came out of it. It always kind of drives back to the legends, right? I always think it, the word itself, if, if you need to kind of wrap it up for somebody, Legion works for the fact that we have two legends behind this bourbon. Oh, so it is based on legend, which is what we initially thought. It's kind of like a version of legends plural, right? Yeah, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll let you go ahead and run with that. 
Oh yeah, well, we'll yeah, we'll have fun with it for sure. <laughs> okay, so you started to talk about the collaboration a little bit. Can you speak to how that all came about? It, like I said, it started not shortly after we became something over five years ago. It was Bean Suntory. We realized that we are whiskey makers. When you look at the door, right? Bean and Suntory. With Bean, we're talking about 225 years of whiskey making heritage going back eight generations now. Uh, when you talk about the Tory family, the original family of Japanese whiskey who started in you know 1923. So there's that first family of bourbon, that first family of Japanese whiskey, and obviously whiskey being as popular as it is, I think that there was a real want and a desire to see what we could do to create a product that only we could create. And knowing that bourbon is incredibly popular right now, we knew that we wanted to make a bourbon, but we wanted to see how we could take the soul of a Kentucky bourbon and finesse it with some of that Japanese nuance that we love in things like Hakushu and Hibiki and Yamazaki and all the wonderful whiskeys that come from uh, Suntory properly. So really thinking about, you know, where are our strengths? Whiskey making is an American strength. Being able to provide big, bold flavors that people love. Booker was really big about big, full flavors in the, in the small batch. His son, Fred, has really kind of carried that torch, as Freddie does now, too, with our eighth generation coming up. And so relying on the strengths of making whiskey in Kentucky, relying on where we get our water, our mash bill, our yeast, all that stuff that means so much to the DNA of the bourbon portion of this equation, and then aging it in Kentucky, where we get those flavors. So Fred really is the author of the first chapter of Legion. And then there's a second chapter of Legion, which is going to be about maturation. And like I did just say, we do mature everything in Kentucky. But Fred and Shinji have worked together to identify some finishes. And we'll break it down into three different liquid streams. We'll have the majority of this blend be an overage Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And then we'll have some other extra aged bourbon that we will then put into a California Cabernet barrel and an Oloroso cherry barrel. Those barrel finishes will last for up to two full summers. So we have a nice exposure as the barrel breathes in during the summertime, getting into the residual flavors that are left from the California Cabernet, from the Oloroso Sherry, and then also whatever sort of influence we can gather from the French oak coming from the Cabernet barrel, and then also the Spanish oak coming from the Sherry barrel. Yes, Ed? Yeah, so they were finished in this country? Yes, yep, and in Kentucky. Okay, because we were wondering if you had to send all of the whiskey to Japan for the finishing and the blend. That would have been a laborious process to do that and really difficult to keep the whiskey at the price point if you're shipping it across the ocean and back. So, (laughs) okay, it makes a, a lot more sense now. Well, I tell you what, I don't think Fred has realized this or not, but there are a lot of really late night Zoom calls that he and Shinji were doing in order to kind of communicate at the right time when they were both awake and Shinji checking in on uh, what's happening here with the whiskey aging. So they were a little bit ahead of the game. They've been doing these Zooms and Skypes and all this stuff for years, and we're just getting used to it over the last six months, right? So I don't know if Fred will ever consider himself trailblazer in technology, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. So a question I have is this. Um, this is the first new brand since the original small batch release back in 92. So not to be flippant, but what took you guys so long? Right. Yep. It's a great question. And I know that there were times when I would be in innovation phone calls where you would think that the product would do well on its own with its own name, things like that. But that's just not been our ethos, really, to be honest. So we've always kind of looked to extend lines. We've looked to expand the name of already known products. Right. That's what we said amongst ourselves when uh, that you guys were still exploring within your own brands, right? There are multiple Knob Creeks now, a Rye here, a finished one there, a double cask there. So it makes sense. 
Yeah. Um, and from a marketing standpoint, uh, you already have a built-in base of people who mm-hmm. love that particular brand. So we figured it's got to be easier to extend an already established line. Right. Yeah. Uh, the big word there is equity, right? People trust it. And that's a good thing. Oh, it definitely is. So is there um, anything else that you'd want the people to know about Legion? For me, I think it's, uh, you know, we're still very much in its infancy. It's only been out for a little over a year at this point. We did a very limited release across the country. We only went to about 10 different markets. You know, now with COVID, you know, the e-com has definitely become more available in other markets that they weren't before. So if anybody is interested in ordering some Legion, uh, go to Drizzly. I think it's a really cool whiskey to kind of make you think a little bit more. You know, I'll be honest, I've drank a lot these last five months oh yeah yeah. definitely right there with you really sort of refined my notes you know kind of going bottle by bottle refining my tasting notes and things like that so i would like for people to know that it's out there available i would love to know that it is a bourbon as long as the day is long it is a bourbon so it's a bourbon made for enjoyment it's a bourbon hand mixed with try a black manhattan with it it's fantastic awesome well, this has just been a great experience for us, Adam, and we can't thank you enough for coming on. Yes, thank you so much, Adam. I'd love to come on again sometime if you like. Oh, we're going to have you on again, trust me. It's a shame because we've been so enthusiastic about your other products. We've already done all four of the original small batch releases. Yeah. Uh, we've done Little Book Chapter 3, which is literally mm. our favorite bourbon of all time. Yeah. Uh, but we do have to go back and check out the brand extending expressions that you guys have been putting out. I think that's great, right? For for people that have been doing this for a while like us, it's very hard to just talk about one whiskey. (laughs) Absolutely. We're also just getting into Japanese whiskeys. Mm. Uh, And in fact, we did an episode on the Toki, which we both really enjoyed. Yes. If you have a chance, you can find Hakushu. Anything you can get from that, whatever size, it's from the Mountain Distillery. I was there in January, and it was a come to Jesus. Wow. Yeah, if we ever get a bottle of Hakushu to feature it, we'll definitely have you back on because you tell the story about being at the Mountain Distillery, drinking it, is exactly what makes for good podcasting. So much better than, oh, Scott and Ed went to the liquor store and bought a bottle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like it flows right out of the mountain like spring water. You just put your mug out there and fill it up. Oh, tell you what time about how uh, one of my best whiskey drinking experiences was at Lafroig actually and I had always heard this story that the actual water source for the Lafroig comes out of a crack in a rock and I said is it true that the water source comes out of a crack in a rock she goes yes I was like can I see it she says yes and so she takes us all up in the van we have to hike over the moors and all this kind of stuff and finally after about a 30 minute walk after an hour or so drive we get to a stream and we follow the stream to where it comes from which is the crack in the rock and I took some Lafroig tin and I cut it with the water the very source and I drank it and it was delicious <laughs> wow awesome <laughs> that is an awesome story okay it really is I think that wraps it up so if you're ever in Philly or anywhere in the New Jersey area, let us know. We'd love to get together. Seriously. That sounds great, man. Happy to come back and chat. Happy to make introductions wherever I can. Thanks so much, Adam. Take care. All right. Well, let's go around the horn here and everyone talk about what you think of Legion, Scott. So tasting it more, uh, I'm drinking the proof down version. Like Knob Creek had dark fruit flavors. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I'm getting here. A lower proof though, because Knob Creek was my origin story. I like mm-hmm. the mash bill. I like the peanuts and then a bit of the cherry flavor that the Knob Creek has. And geez, this is that concentrated. I love it. 
Gabe, what do you think? It's very good. It's, can imagine it being a good mixer. It's a good straight whiskey. Yeah. For the uh, experiment that it is, it's very doable for that price. Yeah. This is definitely something that like I want to pick up and both like enjoy and then also play around with in cocktails as well. So Two you, thumbs up. I'll say this. It has a flavor profile unique to itself. Probably if you asked Fred No what he was looking for, he wanted something that was going to stand out. It definitely does. I think there'd be an interesting comparison uh, with the Basil Hayden Dark Rye. Mm. Oh, I mean, yeah. Mm. Like, or the Caribbean one, too. Yeah. Yeah, why true. not? Rum, wine. Yeah. We're fans of Finnish. We're fans of Blanc. We're fans of bourbon. Yeah, we're fans of anything done with a plan and done right. Agreed. Oh, and if you'd like to follow Legion Bourbon on Instagram, it's at Legion Bourbon. So we'd like to thank Gabby and, of course, Adam from Abeam Suntory for coming on and being a part of this. We really appreciate them. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, Anders, Gabe, thanks for being here. Yep. Thanks for having us. What are you looking at him for? Did you say? He said Yelp. Yeah, I said Yelp. Oh, all right. I was going to say, I thought he just nodded. I'm like, nod doesn't work on a podcast, <laughs> asshole. Wow. Well, good thing you got a facial radio, Ed. <laughs> I said, That's a good yeah, one. I'll, I'll rephrase it. Thank you for inviting me for this wonderful tasting. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> so for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. I'm Gabe. I'm Anders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take care, everybody. <laughs> Later. Later.